Welcome to America's Pal. I'm your host, Darren White. This is the number one rated podcast being recorded in my man cave. If you're listening to this live, you're probably either with the FBI, NSA, or one of those alphabet soup groups, um, or you're not supposed to be here and I'll call the cops. Um, This is, like I said, the number one rated podcast being recorded in my man cave, and you can find this everywhere podcasts like to hang out. That's uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, and everywhere else that you can find a podcast. You can find all of the shows, the links to the podcast at our website, americaspal.com. And you can send all of your complaints, hate mail, or positive feedback to Darren at americaspal.com. That's D A R E N at americaspal.com. That's right, I am back. We went on a little bit of a hiatus, um, took a few months off, kind of had a whole bunch of stuff going on with work, but here we are. I'm here to bring you the Radio Bronze. Um, we're going to get through our deadbeat sponsors, we've got our Florida Man's Pun and Done, and we're going to buzz through some of the stuff that we uh, didn't talk about while I was away, then we're going to get into um, my brand new cordless hole puncher that's that right there um if you're watching on youtube or rumble um if it doesn't get blocked then uh we'll get into a little bit of the donald trump uh ron DeSantis dust up all that stuff we're going to get into um a lot of what has been going on that isn't going to be productive if we're going to move forward in the right direction over the next two years. So anyway, before we dig into anything, let's get to our very first deadbeat sponsor. Why are they deadbeat sponsors? Well, that's because we don't have any paying sponsors, so I make them up myself. So hang tight. We're going to get through our first deadbeat sponsor. This portion of the program is brought to you by Irish Winter Bar Soap. Winter is coming. You're going to need a bear soap strong enough for the winter, not the spring. Irish winter bear soap is strong enough to wash away a thousand years of battle. Lifetime of pestilence and plague will melt away. It will wash away famine brought upon you by a winter's icy grasp. Irish winter bar soap is made in a cauldron hotter than the very surface of a thousand burning suns not seen here in generations. It's made with the lie from the ashes of our ancestors who died in the battles of kings and emperors. And it's blended with the crumbled ruins of our castles from days long ago. Infused with the healing of the red clover, the bluebell, the meadow sweet, in just a dash of the poison of Paul Grosmary. Prepare for the winter with Irish winter bar soap. Strong enough to wash away the winter as you pray for springtime. Welcome back to the program. That quick moment of silence was Joe Biden's inner monologue when uh, 
the Secret Service keeps tabs on what's going on in his inside of his mind, and when it goes blank, that's when they scramble and uh, try to find him out and uh, dig him out of the bushes. Uh, right now, we're going to get into this week's news outbreak. The transitory inflation that began with Uncle Joe's just crazy enough to collapse has managed to stick around for two years and has led to multiple bank failures. When asked about the oversight about the banking crisis, Fed Chair Janet Yellen informed Congress that it was not her job. Direct quote. This just in. Economic expert Joe Biden nominates Bitcoin exchange wonderboy Sam Bankman-Fried to White House Chief Economic Advisor. See how long that lasts. Future NFL Hall of Famer and expert on inflatable balls, Tom Brady becomes minority owner of the Las Vegas Aces a WNBA professional women's basketball team. When asked about his new role as the team owner, the GOAT said he will become the only one that can bring an undiscovered star to the team. He went on to say that Tammy Brady is the only woman with the balls to dominate her opponents. Moving on. Five boys in New York were rescued after getting lost in a Staten Island sewer this week. When asked about the hours-long ordeal, they said it could have been much worse. We could have been lost on Fifth Avenue for an hour. This just in, after extensive testings, scientists have discovered that Dove chocolate tastes much better than their soap. From the absolutely nothing to see here desk, Hallie Biden is the third Biden to receive absolutely not political influence money from Hunter Biden's international money laundering, correction, bribery, correction, 10% for the big guy, Correction. Treason payouts. Correction. Lots of money for nothing and the chicks his dad paid for. Correction. Business ventures. French President Macron bypassed Parliament and raised the French retirement age from 62 to 64, leading to mass protests and riots. When informed by an aide that the peasants were revolting, Macron is quoted as saying, You said it! They stink on ice! The government propaganda agency NPR is laying off 100 employees amid a $30 million revenue decline. When asked about the decline of 50 years of propaganda, podcast superstar Joe Rogan said, What's an NPR? The U.S. Fifth Court of Appeals ruled that the Biden administration cannot force federal employees to get the jab. When asked, Dr. Mangala, St. Fauci said, This is not an issue. With 98% of the federal workforce already participating in a global biological experiment, there's no reason to get the rest. The jab shedding will take care of them. Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch the Turtle McConnell had to be hospitalized after suffering a fall at a fundraiser recently. When asked about the circumstances surrounding the turtle's terrible tumble, a lobbyist was overheard saying, I don't know what happened. One minute, the trembling terrapin was reaching for my wallet, and then the next, he just shrank like a frightened turtle. Soros-funded Matin DA Alvin Bragg made headlines by convening a grand jury with definitely not political biased hopes if indicting the former president and current presidential candidate Donald Trump on on desperate campaign finance charges. In a statement to the press, he said, To defeat the fascist, one must become the fascist. One must fascist harder than you have ever fascisted before. 
Joe Biden's nominee to lead the Federal Aviation Administration, Philip Washington, withdrew himself from consideration after rigorous question from Republican Senator Ted Cruz. One such question was for the nominee to describe the airplane that he flew to Washington on, to which he replied, Oh, it was a big, pretty white airplane with lots of windows and a big red stripe down the side, and it kind of looked like a big Tylenol. And that's it for this week's news outbreak. I hope you didn't enjoy that, and uh, we'll uh, practice harder and do another one next week. Anyway, next Deadbeat sponsor break. This one's straight out of the brand new Cold War. This portion of the program is brought to you by Captain Ramius Submarine Shales and Service. Are you in the market for a Typhoon-class submarine? Does your current submarine need a little sprucing up before nuclear war season? Does your submarine lack the pizzazz your neighboring superpower submarines have? Have you recently acquired a super-secret submarine and are looking to make some extra rubles or dollars? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Captain Ramius Submarine Sales and Service is the place for you. To contact Captain Ramius Submarine Sales and Service, you must send one ping. One ping only. And welcome back to America's Pal. Seems a bit appropriate, uh, being that we've already sent over $100 billion to the Ukraine for no apparent reason, no oversight. We just keep sending more. So much so that, in fact, Voldemort Zelensky has said that the only way to solve this will be our children's boots on their ground. Anyway, um, yeah, we went on a break, took a little bit of time off, had a lot going on with work, but uh, figured I'd buzz through some of the stuff that uh, I missed uh, talking about while I was uh, on hiatus. So let's see here. Yes, I had to make a list. None of this is memorized. Um, I'm not a professional. That's why this is Radio Bronze. If you want Radio Gold, go find somebody else. Let's see here. The Supreme Court justices met with protesters at their homes during the Roe versus Wade leaked uh, um ruling on what was to to be their ruling on Roe versus Wade, whether or not it gets sent back to the states. Uh, that has never happened before when one of the one of their preliminary drafts of what that report's going to be gets leaked to the press. And being the responsible press that they are, obviously they leak that to the public, leading to mass protests at the Supreme Court justices' homes. Violation of law. Nobody went to jail. One guy actually drove from, I believe it was Oregon, with weapons and an intent to kill Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. Um, Wasn't an attempt to sway things? Was it an attempt to sway their decision or to change it or to intimidate uh, judges? Perhaps an obstruction of justice? Nobody seems to care, so... That happened. The death threat, obviously, um, not a big deal to anybody. Strange how that works. Regardless, Roe versus Wade got sent back to the States. Everybody lost their minds. And then we moved on to 
the midterms coming up in 2022, November of 2022, Joe Biden declares that he's going to offer student loan debt forgiveness. Now, being that he doesn't have the power of the purse, didn't really matter about the details. He made the promise, and then also they got to run on, if you don't vote for us, then you're not going to get your free gift, which also seems like bribery, but never mind. In more interesting news, Nancy Pelosi's husband got hammered. I mean, that's nothing much for a wealthy, elitist, uh, 81-year-old husband of the Speaker of the House to knock back a few drinks, but that's not what I mean. No, he called the police in the middle of the night saying that somebody was in his house attacking him. When they got to the door, they're in their underwear to him and another guy who was in his 40s. Awkward exchange. And then all of a sudden, the guy grabs a hammer and then decides he's going to start swinging on Paul Pelosi. Cops intervene. Paul spends some time in the hospital. Very strange situation. No dots to connect with underpants. Anyway. Um, Supreme Court Justice Jackson couldn't identify what a woman was. And the midterms happened. And this is something interesting. And became pretty blatantly obvious that the only people that Republican establishment types the 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 um mitch mcconnell's the um those that the uh, mitt romney types and even even less than them that are out of out of the limelight as much but they are still in the establishment where they're there to collect their checks get their lobbyists enrich themselves pretend to fight against the Democrats and all of that. The only people they hate more than Democrats is the Republican voter. And that could not have been more on display November of 2022. Um, When Mitch McConnell refused to back certain candidates in the Senate because they may or may not support him or have said negative things about him, would not support his leadership... And what's dirty about the whole process is is that the Republican minority leader also controls the funding from for campaign finance. He oversees all of that. So he gets to determine what races get money and which ones do not. Um, So when people wonder why things never change when either party is in charge, it's because they are all part of the same party. And then every once in a while, you get this upstart. You get these, like uh, we had in the 2010 and the 2012 elections um, during the midterms, where the the 87 freshmen that were swept in by the Tea Party, and they came in, and the first order of business was John Boehner telling them to sit down, shut up, this is how it works. And we had the birth of the Freedom Caucus, and we really didn't think much of it at the time. Um, Well, we did at the time, but then they got quieter and quieter and quieter. And that's when everybody started asking, where where did the Tea Party go? 
you know, they were so relevant. It was the top of the news. It was grassroots. It grew up and then all of a sudden just fizzled out. And then recently over the past couple election cycles, we're starting to see that there's more and more of those people that still hold true to those grassroots beliefs and those constitutional beliefs that made them the Tea Party. The from from some whose whose position, the Tea Party, T E A, it stood for taxed enough already. That's where it began. Um they you've got some of them that are 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 focused on that. Let's get the budget balanced. Let's stop this over out of control spending. Let's rein in Washington. Let's what entitlements we have, regardless of where anybody stands on them, let's at least do what it takes to preserve them. And over the past year, uh, several years, those they've borne some fruit where more and more people are standing up against the anointed ones in Washington. And even it brought on, in, in my opinion, it brought on the birth of the the Donald Trump movement or what they might call the extreme right wing where say what you will about Donald Trump. He, he brought back the individual. He didn't bring back the machine. He brought the individual. And that is one of the things. And when we, when we move on down here a little bit, I'll get, get on in between the Donald Trump campaign today and the pros and cons of that. But, the individual start has started to come back, and it's almost like that Tea Party genie is n- never going to end up back in that bottle. You're never going to get him back in there. Um, but the midterms, you might call it a disaster, but we did retake the House. And one of the key takeaways from that is, sure, Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. A few congressmen stood up and said, we're not going to approve this, and you don't have the votes. So here's a list of things that have to happen. And in a future episode, you know what, we'll, we'll go through those, those list of demands and how much actually has to get done. And it's an order of rule now um, in our Congress that wouldn't have happened had everybody just bent over and said, Hit me again, Kevin. You're the anointed one, so you're next in line. Uh, so, so there is some good things that have happened out of that. I mean, they got rid of the proxy voting. There's a lot of good stuff on the budget. Bills have to be voted on um, up or down. Um, but there is there is quite a bit that's happened. Um, now we move on to Ukraine. If anybody noticed this or not, we're still spending money over there. Um, you know, it's a couple of hundred million here, a couple of hundred million there. Um, and believe it or not, there's still no accountability. There's no bookkeepers. There's no nothing. Just keep sending the money. And with COVID kind of falling off the, the radar a little bit, it's, they're, they're not going to let that one go. But uh, now the industrial military complex is finally back to getting their due. So they're offloading all of our old equipment and then um, saying, hey, look, our, you know, our stockpiles are lower than they've ever been, so we're going to have to rebuild us, which means Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, all those other people, 
they're back in play. They're back in business. You know, the, the team is back in town. And in my industry where we build out office spaces and things like that, especially over near the um, UCF area, a lot of those government contracts are uh, booming all of a sudden. Projects that were on hold are all starting all at once. Um, not coincidental that a construction worker can see how many government uh, contractors were expanding. Not We're not building them a nice little office somewhere. No, we're expanding their existing. Meanwhile, other industries are shrinking. Um, that could be a topic for a whole other show is what I see we're building here in Orlando in the midst of one of the strangest economic downturn, upturn, boom, bust situations, why we are so busy. Um, there's only a handful of industries that are building out professional spaces in Orlando. Um, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, uh, sidebar. Um, oh, the January 6th committee. Um I don't know if it would have been a good thing for me to comment on that or not, being that everybody in the planet talked about it for months. I mean, Liz Cheney, how much Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff can we take? Really? And how many times when you have a committee that's bipartisan and the two Republicans on it, it well, there was another one nobody heard of, um, are Liz Cheney and... Ah, top of my head, I can't remember the other one. Because... It's that pointless. It's not bipartisan. And what did they do? What everybody said they were going to do. They've recommended indictments and blah, 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 blah. So that came and went. Um, and recently, uh, uh, Brave Uncle Joe shot down a Chinese weather balloon. Um, seemed a little bit after the fact, but, you know, really, who's counting here? Um the weather balloon was spotted in Montana, not Alaska, where it came from, or it made <clears throat> its presence in the U.S. They didn't happen to notice it, even though it was at forty to 60,000 feet. And then now that everybody was tracking it from Montana east, flying over some of the most sensitive areas in our country, we knew it was Chinese, we knew it was a spy balloon, and for some reason, um, no, it's too risky to shoot it down. We need to let them complete their mission. I mean, we need just to let it run its course and we'll shoot it down over the ocean where it's safer and we'll never be able to recover anything that might have been lost. Um, I've, I've been to Montana many times. I've been in the High Plains. I've been through Iowa. I've been all over that part of the country. The risk of hurting somebody by dropping a balloon on it, on them, it's not that high. So, uh, no, tactically, it didn't make any sense to let it just keep floating unless you're either too in on it or too dumb to know what's going on. Meanwhile, anybody with two brain cells to rub together knew exactly what was going on. And for some reason, Joe Biden and his son have strong financial ties to the Chinese Communist Party. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's not a, a that's this is proven fact. And 
the business dealings with the Chinese government that Hunter Biden was able to procure and the laptop, which the FBI up until uh, um, last year was saying was Russian misinformation, then all of a sudden reverse course and says, no, it's real. And then, oh, by the way, we shouldn't have um, banned the New York Post from from printing their article before the 2020 election, stating, stating the information that was on that laptop. But anyway, they covered for for the Biden uh, family for their obvious influence peddling, decades-long influence peddling. They had to reboot when Bo Biden died because he was actually the smart one of the sons. And, and unfortunately, brain cancer, he lost his battle with that and was unable to continue on, so... The unfortunate task went to Hunter, and we all know how well that went. Um, so, anyway, um, switching gears, uh, while I was out and uh, um, away, I had decided I want to kind of get back into something that I've always enjoyed, always been passionate about, but at the same time, never done any real training with, and... Um, at the same time, uh, had many, many different firearms and all that. And, and, you know, during certain financial situations or whatever, some got sold off and all that. And so I wanted to kind of rebuild, but actually start practicing, start learning. So I saved for the better part of a year because I don't make a whole lot. These dead Pete sponsors, they're not paying nothing right now. So, um, with our with with our income took a little bit, but I saved up and I've done did a lot of research and um, decided I would get it's a, the the Sig Sauer P three sixty five X Macro. Now this it's unloaded, it's empty, nothing in the chamber, no magazine, but it's compact. It's only an inch wide, so it fits nicely concealed. I carry appendix, and it's believe it or not in this small frame. It carries 17 rounds, plus one in the chamber if you carry that way, which is uh, recommended. Uh, super, light, uh, super, <clears throat> super light, it's soft shooting, it's a polymer striker-fired pistol. It's got a sort of comp cut into the top of the slide. That's why the barrel ends just short of the end of the frame. Um, it's kind of a baby comp. It's not an overcompensator used by people that overcompensate when they buy Desert Eagles. But this thing shoots flat, and I haven't had any failures. I'm up to just under 1,000 rounds through it. Haven't had any stovepipes, no misfires. Uh, the uh, Winchester white box range ammo, I had one round that would not fire, and I tried it three different times after running a few different magazines, and it still wouldn't fire, so I guess I had a bad round. One thing that I did notice is this cut comp slide. Because the gases, when it leaves the firearm, come through that, some of them get directed back, so the barrel does get pretty dirty after shooting, and it takes a little little scrubbing. You don't have to clean it every time you shoot. I go about once a week and put, I try to put around 100, yard, uh, 100 rounds through it. And um, so 
which is more than I can afford. But at the same time, it's something I have enjoyed doing, and I'm getting some training, and I've got uh, I've got some friends who have a lot of experience that are um, kind of working with me, and that's going to be part of my journey. I carry appendix in a crossbreed hybrid Kydex leather uh, rig that. For me, it is it is really comfortable, but at the same time, the one thing I've noticed, and even though this is a really thick, it's almost uh, um, almost quarter inch, maybe three sixteenths thick. If you don't have the gun holstered and you're carrying, say you're practicing dry fire training and all of that, and so it's out of the holster, reholstering this top of the leather flap. If you're watching on YouTube or whatever. Um, it tends to want to push forward, and that could partly be because I have a little extra tactical cushion, um, so might tend to push it. So, I mean, if you're if you're a skinny boy that likes Gucci Glocks, it's probably not going to be a problem for you. Um, probably going to move up to a I don't know if I want to go to a tier one or something, but a solid Kydex holster. Um, that completely off the wall, something that we haven't discussed. But one thing I am going to start getting into more of is our our constitutional obligation why carrying a firearm why owning firearms why they want why they want to take them away so badly why they want the background checks i'm pretty sure next week one of the big things i want to talk about is going to be um biden's new executive order on firearm uh, gun control um the negatives behind it, the way they phrased all the language in it so that to the average person who doesn't really spend any time thinking about our Constitution, our founding, how important our firearms are not only to culture but to our liberties themselves, they, the, the average person doesn't give that any thought. Most people, they want to be safe. They want to, they, they, they want to be left alone. And they tend to trust whoever seems to be in charge. And if you can scream that you're in charge loud enough and do so with enough authority, with enough badges, they're like, okay, that's fine, whatever. So please keep me safe. So I can see how sometimes some of the language can make it sound more uh, feasible. Yeah. But again, you're trading liberty for safety. And if you're trading liberty for safety... You don't deserve either. So I want to get into a lot more of our, I'll start with the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, and all of those. And we're going to start kind of more digging into how they're being taken, why they're being taken, but also why they're there in the very first place. So that's kind of why I wanted to introduce my little cordless hole puncher here um, that, uh, I'm going to get better on, and we'll walk through that little journey, and then um, as I progress and move on and then uh, um, start moving forward, then we'll, we'll kind of get into to a lot more uh, content like that, if that's something that y'all are interested in. If not, um, I don't care. It's my program, but uh, get your own. So anyway... Um, the next thing, and this is, I, I don't know, this might upset people, it may not, uh, but my, my take on Donald Trump 
and not just the Ron DeSantis. Uh, it's it's not even a battle at this point. It's just a a thing to talk about. Um, the Donald Trump phenomenon since 2015, when everybody thought it was a joke, and then he actually won, and he wreaked havoc on all of the norms in such a way that, uh, that only Donald Trump could have. And he did it fearlessly. And I respect him a lot over, by and large, a lot of what he did as President of the United States, what he was able to accomplish. Uh, I know he said that he was going to appoint uh, constitution-based judges or the, with, with constitutional ideals. Unfortunately, all three of them are more of the president-based rather than originalist-based. Um, their, their school of thought when it comes to the law, the constitution, they, they preferred that things be based on previous laws. Well, that's all well and good if all of the laws before them were just and constitutional. So I was skeptical when it came to Roe versus Wade, whether or not they were going to get it right, because it was precedent. And especially Kavanaugh and Barrett, they were both more of the um, that whole precedent's already been set. It is the law of the land, blah, 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 and it's it's settled. But... Them doing the right thing surprised me. And I I really did not have any real faith that they would follow the Constitution. Everybody's like, we have to have faith in our institutions. No. Of course you're not going to have faith in your institutions. The institutions are run by flawed men and women that, that come and go. The Constitution was written, established, and... That is the law of the land. They said, this is, if you want to protect liberty, this is the map. This is the only way to to stay there and follow these rules, and you'll be able to keep it. If not, America goes by the wayside just like all of the other countries and all of the other dynasties of the past. So in America, the people are the dynasty. Um, So he he did a lot of amazing things. And the Supreme Court, I think, was the most important thing he did. The one, the one big area that I had some concerns with were the author, author, author what is this word? This word I'm trying to say. Uh, this <laughs> authoritarian style, which may or may not be rooted in the Constitution. And at times it played well because it was constitutional, and at other times... Sure, it got the job done, but then you end up with the ways just the ends justifying the means, and that is not something that I'm willing to wrap my head around and embrace would be the ends justifying the, the, the means because that is always has been the tactic of the previous dictators of all of your especially your Marxist ideals, your 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 socialist, your fascist ideals, is the ends always justify the means, it's for the greater good. Well whose greater good is it? So 
I never really trusted that he had a hundred percent constitutional compass. And then at the same time, things seemed like they kept working out until we got to COVID. COVID turned everything on its ear and it did sully some for me of what Donald Trump was able to accomplish not because of all of the, the, the hoopla around it and the distraction and all the fear. Um, what for me is nearly unforgivable is him simply handing the reins off to a bureaucracy, to the CDC, to Anthony Fauci, to um, this bureaucracy that's not that that doesn't carry any constitutional weight and they don't answer to anybody and the fauci's the national institute of health all of them they're in bed with the same people that created the virus and we know that now and that is public knowledge youtube will probably strike me for that but whatever um he just handed it over and then when we get to the 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 vaccines, sure, he didn't mandate that everybody has to get it, but you couldn't go to work. He let he 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 laid the groundwork for this for this quote unquote vaccine that is so unvaccinable that they had to redef- redefine the actual word vaccine, which essentially just makes it a therapeutic. So I ask you why why did why did they allow the banning of certain ther- therapeutics that um, had patents long run out on that no money was to really be made and at the same time the only quote unquote therapeutic vaccine that was available came from two drug manufacturers and. Then we're hearing more and more about side effects. And there were no long-term studies because there's never been any studies done on it. Warp speed is exactly what it was. They're, they, they didn't say, here's therapeutics that we, we know are working or that can be effective. Let's try those and finish testing. Is this thing safe? They just rolled it out. Um, on the fact that it was like four out of ten mice didn't die or something. It, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the amount of research that has to go into and in, into development, into public safety, and yeah, all of the people that are they're collapsing. And nobody, nobody is willing to at least ask the question, to say the quiet part out loud. See, they didn't have any problem asking whether or not you were vaccinated if you wanted to go to work. But if so-and-so collapses suddenly in the middle of a football field on Monday night football, um, nobody, nobody bothered to ask. And to this day, Donald Trump still hasn't set that aside he hasn't he's he's still embracing it 
and as his his crowning achievement and and it does worry me and 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 this is where I'm going to cross you know cross swords with some people over but at the same time is it a hill I'm willing to die on is it is it me no I didn't take it so um at the same time is it is it disqualifying I guess it'd be better turn of phrase for that is it dis- disqualifying for Donald Trump well for one the way he turned it all over to Mike Pence and a federal bureaucracy uh that does bother that does bother me the speed at which he was willing to shut the federal government down uh, or shut i mean shut the the, the entire economy 22 trillion dollars and that trickle on and on and on two weeks to flatten the curve that was march 16th three years ago and we flatten the curve and flatten the curve and flatten the curve for two years so there there is i do have i have some contention about it and and would i vote enthusiastically for another donald trump term well absolutely um he lacks humility, so I don't think I'll get any kind of a, a turnaround on the vaccine, um, encouraging people to take it, especially this far into the game. It's, he's, he's still talking about it. Um, but I want to move into let's not get stupid here. Because Ron DeSantis, throughout COVID, he's my governor here in the state of Florida, and I've seen a lot of people really, really castigate Ron DeSantis. Now, you expect that from the left. But what he's done here in the state of Florida is nothing short of remarkable. Winning four years ago by 30,000 votes or something like that to winning by 19 points last year. Every state elected office is Republican. And Ron DeSantis is making conservative moves to to not just be content to be a Republican president in a purple state. That or a, a Republican governor in a conservative state. No, he's gone through the legislature. And one prob, one difference between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump can't doesn't articulate. He's a great communicator when it comes to platitudes. Um, his humor is is always spot on. He's got great timing, but when it comes to when it comes down to articulating constitutional principles, that's where Ron DeSantis really tends to shine. And I mean, I, I hear him in interviews quoting the Federalist Papers and not, by number. You know, and, and off the cuff as a matter of, so they're talking about one subject, and then he runs to, well, if you look at Federalist number, you know, so-and-so, and it says this. So not only does he know and articulate conservative principles well, but he also has governed as such. So when I say let's not get stupid, the people that are calling all of a sudden Ron DeSantis, a globalist, uh, a uh, um, a Soros goon, or um, uh, a 
a conservative hack. Um, no, I don't believe so. Now, my problem is, is that we have in our country and have for quite a while a hero worship complex where everybody needs a hero. And Donald Trump was that for some, where there's only one savior. One, only one person can save us. And a portion of the Trump following, the only Trumper, is the one that will stay home when there is actually a conservative with a record that's on the balance on, on the on the ballot, but it's not Trump. And anything that's not Trump is evil. Let's be careful about burning bridges and burning those kind of things down. Now I'm fine not staying home and not voting for a Mitt Romney. I won't do that again. But at the same time, the the empty platitudes and the, I mean, the easily debunkable Ron DeSantis globalist nonsense is, is the, the, the line that, and, and I'm hearing Trump supporters parrot this. And Donald Trump is saying it from the stage, saying that Ron DeSantis wants to kill your grandmother. He wants to end Medicare and Medicaid and all of that. This is the dumbest argument from 40 years ago that Democrats have been throwing at Republicans for decades and he's going to turn around and that's the best he's got? No, go go to the marketplace of ideas. Let the two men make their discussions, let their records be shown, and go from there. But Ron DeSantis is a very strong... You don't go after the mouse in Florida and be a globalist at the same time. You, there's, you cannot reconcile those two things. So let's not get stupid here. In my opinion, either one of those men would do far more to bring our nation back to her conservative principles than anybody else potentially on the ticket, the Nikki Haley's, the Mike Pompeo's, or any of those, and I'm sure they're all fine people. But the real discussion is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Now, me personally being a Florida resident, lifelong, I've been Lawton Childs, I think it was the first one I remember when I was you know, old enough to start paying attention, but I've been through them all. And your Jeb Bushes and your Charlie Crists, who were perfectly fine being purple, because that's what they were. They were squishes. Ron DeSantis goes, we're not staying purple. Florida will be the most conservative state in the nation. And so just let's not get stupid and just start hurling dumb arguments. No, let's use our words. Let's use our thoughts. Make the case that Trump would be better. And for me, someone that governs according to the Constitution rather than simple platitudes is more viable for truth and for liberty. But at the same time, that's not disqualifying the other. So let's just, let's just be careful. It's uh, only 2023. The election's a year and a half away. But let's not burn down our entire house because there are allies here. And if, if we're just going to die on Donald Trump's island, then we're going to die by ourselves. So we can grow the tent. 
we can show people that conservative values, that our founding principles are the most effective and have brought the most liberty, brought most, most people out of poverty worldwide than any other nation in history. So please, before we get into that scorched earth Messiah complex that everybody has every four years, let's be thoughtful. Let's be careful with our language, how we throw it. And yes, politics is ugly, dirty, blah, 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 blah. It's always a mess. But regardless, um, let's, let's use that critical thinking and state the case. And I hope Donald Trump can do the same because these, these mindless accusations, the Medicare thing, the kill your grandmother, the globalist nonsense, the, the weak begging he, he story he threw out there in Texas the, over the weekend, just, just come on, man. Come on. That, that's going to play to three or four people. Um, let's be a little bit bigger than that. It's, it gets ugly. It's politics. But at the same time, there's a lot more at stake than ego. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, we've got one more deadbeat sponsor, and then we're going to go for Florida Man's Pun and Done. If I can pull that one off, then uh, we will close it up for today. This portion of the program is being brought to you by Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe. I eat my breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. You know this, but you never bother to find out what I actually have for breakfast. Every morning at 0500, I go down to Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe and order myself a Code Red. What's a Code Red? Well, I thought you'd never ask. The Code Red is two oversized huevos served over toast with sausage and a cup of espresso so strong you'll be able to march for days without collapsing. If you think a Code Red may be bad for your health, then I suggest you've never faced the working end of a Soviet-made Cuban AK-47 assault rifle. If you're from the health department and want to investigate me, then take caution. I am a fair guy, but this forking heat is making me absolutely crazy. If you want to investigate me, roll the dice and take your chances. Don't you think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous? If you'd like to order a code red from Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe, remember, you gotta ask me nicely. I want you to stand there and with your Harvard mouth extend me some forking courtesy. Until next time, walk softly and carry an armored tank division, I always say. And welcome back to America's Pal. This is Florida Man bringing you Florida Man's pun and done. This week, Florida Man's story is... Goes back to the year 1856. I was tending bar in Oklahoma, and a cowboy comes riding and hitches his horse out front of the saloon, and he comes in and asks for a drink. He has himself a drink, and then goes outside to leave, to f- only to find that his horse had been stolen. 
Now, knowing that this is a very rough town and the odds of him getting that horse back were slim and none, he decided to do the only thing he knew how to do. This gun, this gun fighting cowboy walks back into the saloon, draws his pistol, spins it around three times and fires six shots through the ceiling faster than lightning. And by the time everybody got attention, he had reholstered his weapon and said, Now hear this. It appears someone has stolen my horse. When I was down in Texas, I had a horse stolen. And let me tell you, I did not like to do what I had to do down in Texas the last time my horse was stolen. So I'm going to have myself one more drink. And if my horse is not back hitched up to the post and watered, then I will unfortunately have to do what I did not like that I did down in Texas the last time. So the cowboy, he sits down and he has his his second drink. The bar almost emptied immediately. He finished that second drink and he came back outside and sure enough, there's his horse tied to the hitch and posed, had fresh water, just looking as happy as could be. He didn't say a word, that cowboy. He got on his horse and began to ride away. Now me standing behind the bar, I had to know, well, what in the world did this cowboy do down in Texas that was so unfortunate for those good people? So I stopped him. I said, cowboy, you got to tell me, what did you do down in Texas the last time your horse was stolen? And the cowboy, he looks at me and he squints his eyes and he says, I had to walk home. That's going to do it this week. I hope you enjoyed every last minute of the radio bronze I brought to you this week. We look forward to bringing you some more. Until then, Florida man's going to Florida man, whether Florida man wants to Florida man or not. We'll see you next week. Go on, go. We're done. I, I gotta have supper. So, see you next week.